Welcome to the Transformation Leaders Podcast. I'm Tony Lockwood and I'm delighted that you could join me on this latest episode. Each episode takes the form of a discussion with a leader who openly shares their experiences of leading organisations through the transformation journey. Happy New Year! This is the first episode of the Transformation Leaders Podcast in 2023. And I'm delighted that Zoe Freeman has agreed to join me today. Zoe's background started in finance, but we won't hold that against her. Uh, But she quickly progressed into change and transformation, working for various organisations, both in the UK and overseas, across multiple sectors. So let me introduce you to her now. Hi, Zoe. Uh, Welcome to the Transformation Leaders Podcast. Hi. Recording this in late December, this episode will be the first to be released in 2023. So Happy New Year. Um, Happy New Year indeed. Like many of the guests that we've had on the show, you've had a really interesting career to date that uh, I'm sure informs you on your approach to change and transformation. So let's start as we always do by introducing yourself, letting the listeners know a little bit more about your background and I suppose answering that key question, how did you first move into the world of change and transformation? Hi, Tony. Great to be here. Um, Yes, absolutely. Um, So I love solving problems. So I am known for when it's a bit chaotic or people have been bashing their heads against the proverbial brick wall of of helping them solve that so that their foreheads are less um, red and hurting. (laughs) Um, I started out... um, uh, learning to be an accountant. So I qualified as an accountant while working for a life insurance current company many, many years ago. Um, and in those days, life life insurance companies were quite old school. It was mutual. And as a young uppity thing with a lot of energy, I, get, uh, I got asked to do lots of the new stuff. So um, it was a world where you still had um, the dumb terminals on the desk and the PC was around the corner in a separate room. And uh, nobody really wanted to touch it. So I usually got, I was the one that got asked to to do the new stuff. Yeah. And um, and um, my first major change there once I, once I qualified was to um, move the accounts payable function from one location to another and also implement some new software to make it more experienced and recruit a new team. Right. And I loved it. I absolutely loved doing that. Um, uh, it was. It taught me a whole heap of things about people, press, and the and the the dangers of uh, just assuming lots of different things. Um, so we completed that, and um, I just qualified. I then went to my boss and said, "You know, how about it? I've just qualified. I've been working really hard to try and get my qualification. I've just moved the accounts payable function. What opportunity there for me in this organisation now?" And he said. Not many for a long time, which I went, oh, okay. Because <laughs> um, nothing changed very quickly in this this mutual in particular. So I, I, I looked outside of that. I'd been there seven or eight years. And um, so I started to looking, looking out the way and joined. Uh, I remember talking to a recruitment agent and going, you just qualified. Presumably you want to be a financial controller or something like that. And I said, no, absolutely not. I don't want to do that at all. And um, so a slightly bemused recruitment agent said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to use finance and knowledge to change and, you know, improve things. 
Anyway, he found me a, a role as a finance business consultant for a new and emerging software company um, that sold general insurance software to some of the big players in the market. But it was a bit of a newbie upstart kind of company. But from that, it was um, kind of energetic. You know, you can do kind of completely different environment from the, you know, the considered tool that I'd come from. And I absolutely loved it. And through that, I delivered all sorts of projects um, in terms of general insurance um, globally around the um, for some of the big FTSE 100 companies, got some of them out of the trouble. And from then, I was hooked on making change and helping you know businesses and organisations achieve what their goals were. So that's really where I started and how I got into it. Brilliant. No, Brilliant. not that sense. No, no, it, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? I think you know, I ask that question to everyone, and um, a lot of times people fall into change and transformation, um, and and that was the same with me. I I, I got involved in a program with one of the banks. Um, I was employed by the bank and got into the program, and then after that program, realised that I like change and transformation more than banking, and a lot of people. <laughs> literally just fall into it so I, I, I think it's always useful just to get that background so um how do you define transformation then so i think it's sometimes a word that's overused um and sometimes just used to define big change but for me transformation is creating something different largely from some of the original ingredients the people in the organization but it's about changing path, changing and being a different state or organisation um, and being different, largely driven from usually um, revised vision or mission statements or new goals. Um, but it should feel and be different for me, a transformation. But involved in some very large scale change where companies are kind of levelling up or growing but in essence they're the same organisation they're doing things in a similar way just better or at larger scale for me that's just big change transformation should feel and be different yeah good no I, I, I agree I think that sort of the word transformation means moving from one entity or, or one element to another isn't it and 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 I think that's yeah that's 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 a key theme, I think, in 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 the difference between change and transformation. So you, you you've touched on this already, but on your LinkedIn profile, you talk about bringing joy to your business by solving those tricky problems. That's your that's mm -hmm. your banner headline on the LinkedIn profile. So tell me more about that. I'm fascinated to understand a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, I think for me, the important and probably more recently is that you can um, and probably similarly to yourself, we've all been in projects or um, environments that don't bring joy. And you spend so much of your life doing doing work or, you know, being being employed. And it's a real shame if you can't in that journey. So. When I um, transitioned from a more kind of permanent employment uh, setup to a consulting one, it was really fundamental to me that um, as you change and develop organisations and work in partnership with certainly my customers and clients, that 
that's a joyful one there is, it, it needs to be it needs to do that I think you get better results I think it feels better and you're likely to achieve more success if it's joyful and um but ultimately uh, I wanted to be always in a place where I was bringing joy but also it was joyful for me no yeah absolutely absolutely and, and I, I suppose you touched on it um when you when you moved into that um, young organization right uh, uh, after you after you qualified and and that can do attitude and, and it is it's a, a, a number I, I've been involved in a, in a number of new starts and and the, it's the energy isn't it and and you enjoy going into the office That's you right. enjoy the process and it's some difficult days and difficult challenges but you just enjoy the process and and the more the more you can bring that into anything that you do, I think the 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 team, the wider team grows, don't they? I think you also can be yeah, absolutely. And I think you can also be more creative. I mean, a lot of what I do is about solving problems that people have been having a hard time about for a long time. And if you're not in a position where you can be open and trust and respect and be joyful with the people that are trying to solve that problem. You're unlikely to solve it positively. Yeah. Um, I look back, the the best wins, the most successful wins of when, when that team has been energised, motivated and kind of respectful of each other. And, you know, I think it just generally brings better, better results and it's, and it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the joy part, the problem-solving part, though, because we're, we're, there's lots of organisation <laughs> there out there that have got issues and challenges, especially with the markets as they are at the moment. So just tell me a little bit about the approach that you take to helping them solve those problems that have been there for some time. Yeah, so I think I I, I recently did a bit of a talk on this, and um, I was trying to understand I am known for if it's chaotic and kind of people are hitting their heads you know send Zoe in she'll sort it and it was recently that I had to really think about what do I, what am I doing differently to you know because they're intelligent you know people that have been trying hard to do that um so and what I what I look for is the real why somebody's doing it and and often that the problem isn't that they think they have isn't really the problem that they really have. And it's not just, it's just not well defined or really understood. And um, I saw a lovely, um, you know, you can look, search the internet, can't you, for lots of models of all sorts of things. There's lots of theory and lots of process about how you solve problems. And all of them revolved around this lovely process that says identify the problem, analyze it, come up with some load of options. Um, select one, then implement it, love that, then reflect on whether that was successful again, and then go around go around that. Yeah. And all of the steps other than just go implement is all theory because it's at the implementation stage that you know you really, really understand whether you can achieve it or not. And they didn't nobody has anything about that. How do you implement it? And you know, so people go round around that circle quite quite a lot. So my way of getting them out of that um, and um, is to ask that why question. Why do you want to solve this problem? And why is that important to you? And it gets out of the, it gets people away from the what. So, so often people are saying, I need to change this, or I need to develop this, or I need that software to change, or I'm, 
But if you ask the why, you can then get a much better context and rounded shape about what what all the options are for you in order to achieve what you really want to do. And that's where I always start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people get when it, when you're in something, when you're in change, it's really hard to step out of that and look at it holistically. Mm-hmm. But if you've got that real strong anchor, I call it an anchor, almost a skewer through everything that you're doing as to why you're doing it. You can keep when you get stuck or it 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 feels like it's out of control. You can come back to that statement and go, are, are all of our activities aligned to achieving why that's important? Um, so, is that that's why, I start. so is that why more than having a clarity of vision and a, and a, and a clarity around where you're going to get to? Is it, is it, is it, a, is it a deeper why than that? Yes, I think so. So you can you can set an outcome. So all yeah, people use goals and outcomes, but if it's poorly expressed, mm. you know, so, but the outcome's clear, you know, and I've been in so many places where they say, Well, I want this kind of system to be able to do X. And you go, but why do you want to do X? Well, if you understand that and when when they do well, if we don't do that, you know, maybe the organisation is going to fail. Maybe we don't get enough, you know, we're going to be fined or we're going to, you know, and it and it then takes it out of that. Also, I've been, if this process has been going on a long time, if you ask why, the moment the opportunity may have passed and actually the best thing to do is just stop it. Mm. But that's a hard thing to do if you've just been caught up within that. So that why just, for me, always gives that better context for going looking at at holistically and then going right okay how does this fit into the overall how important is it and then take some of the emotion away from people that probably have been invested in this for a really long time and it's hurting because you know that's that's usually when I'm coming when it's hurting (laughs) and um and it just takes that moment, why are we doing that? Let's just reflect. And it kind of um, just takes that away and just enables that better context for making decisions against. Brilliant. Thank you for that. So so we we, we get clarity around the why. We, 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 why, yep. we, why we need to make this, uh, resolve this problem or, or overcome this challenge. Um, and yep. then move into that implementation phase of doing something different, whatever that is, you know, making the changes that we that, that we need to put in place to resolve that problem if it if if it's not one of those that's just let's just stop doing it as you've just said so once yeah, you're in that phase yeah. um how do you go about sort of establishing the right conditions and and maintaining momentum as you go through this big change or you know um, you know transformation so i think the first thing is for the for the team whoever that is whether that's that that goes from the leadership team to the people trying to actually make the change happen is everybody needs to be in the same place about why we're do- going back to that, why they're doing it, but also then what's their role? Why are they important to achieving that? There has to be some glue from objective outcomes that they want and their role within it. Um, and they need to understand, understand that why is it important how does how are they contributing and sometimes that can feel particularly (laughs) dealing with finance and kind of things like that is in terms of positive change is 
they're not just the backstop um it's also how you're contributing going forward to that so it's 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 really understanding their their skills from their um typical responsibilities to as a team everybody's got different dynamics so you know you've got the i i love belbin still um for example the completer finisher to the dynamic thinker the blue sky thinker and when you're kind of coming against obstacles getting the team together and then just listening to everyone is really important so that dynamic of team understanding the importance of your role in it but equally it's a team effort and everybody has um an opportunity to speak and to be listened to because you it's those kind of conversations that can really get you out of trouble yeah no i agree and it's interesting again i, I find a lot of organizations miss that point that you just raised about understanding the different personality types the different belbin types I, I use uh, something called GC index, which is looking at um, where people find their energies and, and will yeah. naturally go towards. And, and, and they talk about game changers, people who are coming up with ideas and, and implementers being opposites, really. And, and actually, you know, I, I've been in situations, I'm sure you have, where you've got a team that are made up of, of, of game changers, ideas people, and they can never get anything done because they're constantly coming up with new That's ideas. Right. Yeah, and 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 this and they get frustrated. Well, we never we're not very good at implementing. Well, because you keep throwing in new ideas, and, and having that understanding of that team dynamic is is critical. I find as as, as you say, and also when when things are um, tough, is recognizing that everybody needs to um, understand that change or listen. You know, listen to what's actually going on ha- has different needs. So. You know, the um, me <laughs> learned is I'm usually, you know, two steps ahead. Right. Let's just get going. And then you've got that completer finisher. And I and I use that one a lot because I am not a natural completer finisher is but needs to know all of the nitty gritty before they're comfortable to move forward. And just taking that time to understand everybody's different needs in terms of confidence and all in order to move forward. So important. If you don't listen to it, it'll come back and bite you definitely um, later. So yeah, and, and it's as, as you say, it's having that understanding of the individuals, isn't it? And and yeah, you know, I use a sport analogies a lot, and and it's it's in that sort of changing room, knowing which ones you've got to go and put your arm arm around and and, and pat on the back, understand the ones that you've got to be really direct with. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And 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 that's how you get the best out of your team, isn't it? Whether it's in yep. change transformation or whether it's an operational. Yeah, absolutely. yeah absolutely. It's having that skill set to to take people as as individuals. So um, we've started on that process. We've started to work through the teams and, and individuals and be very clear about what we're doing and the reasons why we're doing it. Um, ultimately, change. Or transformation is about delivering some value. Often, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot. There are lots of programs that are around sort of um, uh, regulatory and compliance aspect, but still, that's about creating long-term value anyway by by keep keeping your license to trade almost. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do um, to ensure that a program um, that you're involved in um, generates that 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 value? Because you know. 
all too often you get a business case, expectations are set, and when you get to the end point, you know, you, you, you don't quite meet them. And I'm not saying you, but generally, I think Kinsley's talk about 70% of programs failing, you know, whether that's right or wrong, it's a big figure. So how do you, what do you do to, to ensure that value is actually generated at the end of any change? So I think the first thing is um, I, it's a, we've got our, so we've established our outcome. We've established why we're doing it. Um, but it's then taking it down to the next level before we start in terms of a shape. I like shapes and structure and I like to use pictures as well. Um, too many times I've seen lots of very wordy documents and you've lost the will to live by, by the time that you get to the end of it. And equally, nobody remembers all of those words. So um, what I what I like to do is create a shape and a bit of a structure to it. There's usually some, and um, whether you call them pillars or foundations or kind of a structure of some form that says, and what's our approach to um, achieving that outcome? What are the core elements of that outcome that need to be true or need to be delivered? And then what is the metric for saying we've done that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be we've just, you know, it's, some of them are obvious. We've moved from building A to building B. We have or we haven't. Some of it's financials. Some of it um, might be slightly softer. But whatever it is, um, we, th- we then know we need to know when we've done it and we need to know what's good enough um and often with these things um is there's the perfection option and mm. then there's the what's the minimum um so many times seen minimum viable products don't like the term particularly but it really is important to understand understand that but not just in terms of the individual pillars um or elements of that outcome but what is the 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 metrics for the overall outcome um because it can be that one of the, you know, um, avenues of um, your program can derail the overall objective if you're not careful. So um, it's it's having that cohesive. I call it a cohesive shape, and then um, a clear approach about how we're going to organise ourselves around delivering those 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 blocks, those pillars, um, etc. And then regular regular catch up being able to be clear where we are and um, I think people are afraid of saying bad news as well you know it's kind of just being honest this bit's going well this bit's going less well and here's what we need to do to change to get that back it's not about blame or it's it's not about um, but it's being really clear and if you're not clear it won't be motivating to the people that you're working with because they'll know that it's not working very well so shape clear metrics keeping keeping those metrics honest as well brilliant thank you and 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 as we go through change um and, and major transformation you know it can be stressful for many people including the people that are leading the change what what sort of things do you do to mitigate that stress or anxiety or or just to 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 relax and chill out? What what sort of what sort of things can you share um, that other people might be able to uh, take advantage of? Hopefully, the 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 um, the ideal is when you're you've got your motivated team, you're working really well together, 
and everybody's motivated and that's quite an easy one to start even when it's difficulty you know difficult um you've got that team bonding you can share you can go out talk about it you know whether that's go to the pub or go for a coffee or 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 whatever but it's kind of allowing that team to de-stress and have an opportunity to do that um so often though in some of these really high pressured where you've got fixed time frames where it's not your you're going to transform something from something that isn't pleasant for whatever that is to something that is or to save something um it's not always possible just to do those things and certainly um during covid when everybody's virtual you know that that normal kind of personal um interactions not so easy to achieve um for me um when it's really really stressful is as a leader is looking after myself so that I can stand tall through it. So despite the pressures, despite the stress, despite what the rest of the team are feeling, is that they're seeing me being positive, we can do this, understanding, time to listen, etc. And that means I have to look after me um, and things that I do that. I've got some depending on the level, some some wacky one. I try I try and look forward. So if it's going to be particularly difficult, what are the things that that I need to do? Um, and I also let my friends and family know. Look, this is going to be this next month is going to be really hard. Um, and um, <laughs> so just look, you know, look out for me. Yeah. Um, so I have a um. I walk the dog a lot to so get out, you know, change your context, change your environment, whatever that works works for the individual. For me, it's getting outside in the countryside, walking the dog. Um, sometimes if you're going into a tough day, I have to kind of find my own energy because I've got to lead others through that. So if I'm not energized, that's not that's not going to be easy. So I have um uh, to my friends I call it a tribal dance I put there's a few songs that I will put on really loudly first thing in the morning and I'm a bit of a dancer so I will dance around um to these particular particular songs that just get me upbeat and kind of energized for the day and then if the day hasn't gone so well for whatever reason um um some flag flag waving with my neighbors and friends to go right let's just down tools let's go and have a drink let's have a coffee whatever it is and get it out there's i think it's so important to particularly when so many people are virtual and working on their own to find some some outlet of actually voicing what's going on in the day that proverbial brick wall whatever it is but getting it out rather than it going around in your in your head so three things that i do there some of Somewhat, maybe slightly madly, but that's what I do. That was great, and 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 um, it, it reminds me um, of what, uh, when you're on an airplane and they do the uh, safety uh, talk at the start, and this and, and they always say, "Put your mask on before you help anybody else." And it is, isn't it? You've got to look after yourself because yeah. if you're not writing yourself, you can't help others. So yeah. look after yourself first is is is, is a crit- critical critical message. Yeah. So uh, we're coming towards the end, and we always end the, the each episode with your one takeaway. Uh, what what is the one thing that you think is an absolute essential aspect to have for successful change and transformation? I think we've all already talked about the key one for me is understanding that why, 
But if I take another one um, from my experience when I worked in Japan is trust. You have to build trust with the people that you are working with in all its foibles, whatever that means. Mm. Um, uh, Don't assume as well is, you know, that trust also extends to, you know, kind of if, if I'm not getting the reaction that I expect, just taking one step back and go, well, why am I not getting that? I I trust and respect this individual. So, you know, how how do I how do I get to understand that and ask a slightly different question? So once you've got trust, I think as a team you can do absolutely anything. No, absolutely. I can't let this go though. Because, so what are the key things that you 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 do to build that trust? Because I totally agree. And but it's it is it's it's it takes time to build and it can be broken very, very quickly. So what are the things that you do to try to build it as quickly as you can? So I think it's always I go back to Japan, actually, because that was such a different culture that build. And it's so fundamental in Japanese culture. If you haven't got it, you will find everything very difficult to do. Um, so the things that always do said I was going to do so if I said I was going to be at a meeting or I said simple things in Japan just being professional and doing things that you say that you would so agenda before the meeting but you know making sure that it was all set up follow up afterwards if I said I was going to do that that's what I would do so I I just do what I say I'm going to do um um the other the other one is again that that don't assume um i am um, and in japan most of the things are not how you're supposed to behave or kind of react or kind of not written down and they won't tell you so if you're hitting your head against the brick wall and we had loads of them frustrations we go right okay we're approaching this the wrong way not that they're at fault not that why can't they just do it our way but well, why are they reacting like that? Why are we not getting, you know, and just asking a different, and it just takes you out and asks you ask a different question. So you come back round to go, right, now that I now that I understand that, I'll just approach it slightly differently. Um, and, and by doing that, you build your own kind of um, respect and kind of, they, they, they know who you are, they, they know what you're going to say, and you then it's that, uh, ongoing respect that you just build up you you don't f- fall off the handle when you get the latest reaction or that you don't expect well, I don't know whether that makes sense but hopefully oh, it does. It does. absolutely thank you very much for that well that that's really great thank you very much Zoe um I, I'm sure the listeners found a number of nuggets in in the last three quarters of an hour or so so uh thank you very much okay. for and um if there's any questions are you happy to sort of put me to share those questions and, and start to engage in a discussion with any of the listeners oh absolutely of course and thank you for the time tony no thank you very much speak soon thanks zoe that was a great session i'm sure there's lots for people to take forward as they progress in 2023 with their change and transformation programs i trust that you find this episode of interest If you have, please do share your comments and please do subscribe and share your thoughts on the podcast as a whole so that we can spread the word and get the message out to as many people as possible. The podcast goes hand in hand with the approach that we take within the Transformation Leaders Hub. 
a community focused exclusively on those operating within change and transformation. So if you've not checked it out as yet, please do so today by clicking on the link in the show notes. I look forward to sharing another episode with you in a couple of weeks time. So bye for now.